0: Jonathan Stark is no uh, stranger to folks who are in the McKeesport area, especially if you spend time in the downtown McKeesport area. He has, over the last few years, renovated and done amazing work, uh, getting two landmark buildings online. One is the former, pe- former People's Union Bank building, which was built in 1906. And another is the executive building uh, across the street, which was built in the 1970s, but was condemned and was in danger of being torn down, uh, or at least abandoned, uh, when he stepped in and brought that building back to life. he recently has received a, a couple of grants from the state to continue that work. And he's in the studio with us this morning. Uh, uh, good morning, Jonathan. Good morning, Jason. How are you today? Very good. And we should also mention that Jonathan is the uh, founder and owner of Legion Arms, and we'll throw a little plug in for that. Uh, you recently moved your, your store from Market Street in McKeesport up to the Allegheny County Airport area. That's right. We're in the former Anthony Arms building. Big new space. It's wild.
1: This is uh, a big upgrade for us, and we're enjoying the new traffic on Lebanon Church Road.
0: Well, you've got a lot of things going on, a lot of irons in the fire, because you also own a a number of residential properties uh, in in the Mon Valley area. But we're here specifically to talk about the People's Building and the Executive Building. I understand that you got a grant from the state of Pennsylvania for for each of those buildings to, to upgrade them, to make them a little bit more safer. Tell us about that.
1: So we – a couple years ago, we applied for RCAP grants um, with the hope that uh, if there was money available and if people had a similar vision to us, that maybe those projects would get some attention um, but never thought that we actually might get those grants. Um, and then to get two of them within a month of one another was uh, a complete shock – Uh, but really does change the dynamic of what we're working on. It gives us a lot of new options.
0: Now, are those a million dollars each? Did I remember that correctly?
1: Yeah, each building, both the People's Building and the Executive Building, got $1 million R-CAPs. And for anybody that doesn't understand how those grants work, they're match grants. Um, But what that really means is that you're talking about a $4 million overall investment that we should see uh, in downtown McKeesport in the next 12 months or so.
0: Uh, So by a match grant, meaning you and other investors have to put up another million dollars to match that to, to unlock the money
1: it, that's exactly correct okay so yeah so for every million that i would spend the state is matching that with their million as well
0: okay uh we're talking with jonathan stark how do people get a hold of you if they're interested in in one of these uh, two two buildings that you have for lease right in the downtown area how would they get a hold of you everybody thinks i'm crazy for saying this but it's
1: always been the case my telephone number is literally on the buildings okay um i, I only have one number i've always been that way um I always like talking to people about real estate.
0: Uh, it, tell us first of all about the People's Building, which has must be like a cat because it's had more than nine lives. Um, built in 1906, I think, or 1908. Yes. Um was originally the home of a bank. Um, it's about an eight-story building, and it's been scheduled for demolition a couple of times, I think.
1: So my understanding of the building is that in the 90s, um, Integra Bank donated it to the city. And at some point, the city decided they did not want to be in the real estate business. Um, They sold it um, and unfortunately, I guess, picked the wrong buyer. um, And it kind of started to fall into disrepair quickly. There was also a little bit of fraud involved. um, And ultimately, the property was auctioned. Um, The previous owners before me had it for roughly a decade. Um, I think they had big plans. And I, I think they were... Mostly well-intentioned, but uh, I don't think they were ready for anything of this size and this
0: scope. You can see it from all over the area. It's the building for for people who are from out of town. It's the building that has the big sign on the roof that says Discover McKeesport.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it is iconic. Um, I think even if you see a news story um, on a local station, you always see that building as part of the story. Um, And in that sense, uh, you know, it is a representation, in my opinion, of McKeesport. Um, and I don't want to jump ahead in your interview. but no. I mean, that's why we've we've tried to make sure that the things that people can see um, are cleaned up on the building. Specifically, the sign. We've upgraded the lighting. We've had the sign repainted. Um, because again, it is iconic and it's the first thing you see when you come into McKeesport.
0: Uh, we're talking with Jonathan Stark. He's a real estate investor uh, in downtown McKeesport, also owns Legion Arms up in West Mifflin. Uh, you've got a Facebook page at People's Bank Building uh, if people want to reach out to you that way as well.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we try to share our progress there as well and just show the different things that we're working on.
0: Describe the building to us. It's, it's, what is the architecture called? Because it's an early 1900s architecture.
1: Right. So, um, and and this is actually exciting. I don't think you and I have talked about this. Um, We worked uh, for the last about two years with Jeff Slack, who's a local historian. Um, We wanted to make sure that the building was deemed historic. Uh, We feel that the building deserves that designation. Um, So I didn't realize it was as an involved process as it is. But I, I think our actual narrative that went with our application was like 65 pages. Um, requires a ton of research. And then I think there was an additional 65 ish pages, just of photographs of mm-hmm. different parts of the building. Um, so, uh, park service finally did approve our application. We are official. Um, it is on the national register of historic places.
0: Now, what does that unlock for you as a developer in terms of having national register status?
1: So I, candidly, I didn't know, okay. um, but I found out quickly. Um, so we do, there's some tax benefits, um, that you know, as we make investments, um, we can write off some of the, the taxes in a more aggressive manner than you typically would be able to do. Um, it also protects the building in a sense because um, certain architectural features are not allowed to change. Anything that's been deemed historic about it um, in the application, um, we can no longer change those things. And that would be um, maybe some visual things like how the windows yeah. look. The actual bank lobby itself obviously is historic, so that can't change as well. Some of the veneer um, like the the stone columns and things of that nature. And, and things, honestly, I would never want to change, but yeah. really shouldn't be changed anyway.
0: Does that hurt you as a developer at all? Because I know that for some real estate investors or developers, they don't want that national register status. They want the flexibility that if they have to change the facade or, or the windows, they can go ahead and do that.
1: We had discussions with other developers yeah. who immediately cautioned me and said, you really need to think about if you want to do that or not. Um, I think the features we like um, – So that wasn't a big deal, but there is a cost aspect of it as well. So some things that you may be able to save a little bit of money on and do a certain way, you now have to consider the aesthetics, um, and that's not usually the cheapest way to go. So it definitely changed um, how we planned and budgeted for certain changes to the building. Um, We want to make sure everything uh, appears original so that we don't hurt ourselves or or get anybody upset with us.
0: Uh, We're talking with uh, local entrepreneur uh, Jonathan Stark. Uh, Among other things, he owns the People's Bank building in downtown McKeesport and the executive building. We should mention there's a little bit of a bump out, like an annex that I think you said was built in the 1940s, and you had to take laboriously all all of these panels off of two stories or three stories, I guess, of building, take them down and do what? Like repoint the brick and then put the stuff back up? Yeah,
1: so the the issue was, and this was, peculiar, um, and just to be clear before I tell this story, we did have the building inspected yeah. before I purchased it, because yeah. I, I was concerned about sure. the veneer. I mean, you've got a lot of big pieces of stone hanging up there, um, so the the company that is extremely reputable and has done some downtown work um, reviewed it with us and said, you know, honestly, it's very hard to tell even with a proper veneer inspection, um, but candidly, as bad as the building has been taken care of, it's actually in pretty good shape. Okay, So we felt good about that. Now, we knew that the two-story addition would need some attention. You could definitely see that um, anywhere where you had relief angles, which are uh, sections of metal that hold up stone at varying intervals up the building, um, they had started to rust and uh, anybody that 's ever had pointing done you know over windows and things at their own home knows that when those lentils start to rust or whatever it pops the brick that 's right. yeah and pushes yeah. yeah so in this case that 's exactly what we had going on. Um, some of those relief angles had flowered and and literally were pushing stone, very heavy stone, yeah several inches. Um, and we lost a panel right before Thanksgiving in twenty i guess it was twenty nineteen or twenty twenty okay. and we knew it it was it was dangerous at that point um so we did put up um, fall protection down below, and then we tried to figure out how we were going to make those repairs and the answer finally was rather than put a band aid on it or put anchors in it, we decided that every panel should be removed um, all the relief angles should be replaced, and then all those panels would be put back um so the the job required very little material. It was
0: all labor. As you're talking, I've I've owned a couple of older houses, and as you're talking, I can like envision our cartoon dollars bills flying out the window. Absolutely. Or, 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 the kid from the little rascals throwing bus- baskets of money out the window. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in this case. Yeah. Wow. Let's take, let's, let's, let's take a pause right there and uh, catch our breath. Uh, we're going to ask you about the executive building, which is not the architectural landmark that the uh, people's building is, but, um, I-, I, think it's probably equally important, uh, to your plan to attract some tenants to downtown McKeesport. Okay. Sounds like a plan. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's family funeral homes. Since 1866, Striffler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Strifler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company Design Monuments, Strifler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at striflers.com or call 412-678-6191. Back with Jonathan Stark. He's a real estate investor in downtown McKeesport, and and you can find pictures of one of the two buildings he's working on. Actually, I think both of them are up there on Facebook at People's Bank Building. Uh, you can also, if you would like to reach out to him about renting space in one of these buildings, this is not a commercial, but, uh, as Jonathan said, his phone number's on the building. So it's, it's he's not exactly trying to, uh, hide out there. Um, we, we've been talking about this, this architectural landmark. How many square feet is the People's Building roughly, by the way?
1: The People's Building is approximately 90,000 square feet.
0: Okay. That's a, that's a good sized building. That's a, that's a Walmart. Basically, of, of floors only stacked eight stories tall. That's
1: right. It's a vertical Walmart.
0: It's a vertical Walmart. But you also, a, a few years after buying the People's Building, you bought another building across the street almost that is not an architectural landmark. In fact, some people thought it was kind of an eyesore. Tell us about the Executive Building, which is kind of a 1970s uh, uh, office building.
1: Yeah, I, I have a thing for condemned buildings. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just my thing. I love them. Um, mm-hmm. I try to collect them. Some all. people
0: collect stamps. Some people collect condemned model trains. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, no, the, the executive building, uh, was very interesting to me because it's th- certainly more modern, um, than the people's building. And, and just, we didn't cover this, but the appeal to the people's building was, was the architecture. It's intact
0: inside the people's building. You can jump back to that. It's, I mean, yeah. you go upstairs and it's like the 1930s up there.
1: People don't know. Um, yeah. and, you know, I, I see comments on Facebook where people say, Oh, it used to look like this. No, it, it still does. <laughs> um, and I love it because when you go into the building and you look around, all the original features that you would hope to see in the building are still there. All the mahogany doors are still there, the brass hardware, all the marble The floors. mail.
0: I think the mail chutes are still there, the brass mail chutes that go yeah. down to the basement, yeah.
1: It's all still there, and it's all intact, and it's all perfect. And it has the was, vaults
0: in it too, doesn't it? The bank vaults?
1: The vault is still there, absolutely, yeah. which is uh, – if you haven't seen it on the Facebook page, and, and I've now done more research on it, it is one of the most ornate uh, vault doors I've ever seen. Um, And I'm actually a member of a few different vault and locksmith uh, groups, sure. and that is the consensus is there's really not very many vault doors that are this ornate. We know it's 17 tons. Um, We've had offers multiple times to buy it. There was a developer that was willing to rate me a check sight unseen for a significant amount out of the Poconos. Mm -hmm. Um, But the door needs to be there. um, And. That's one of the things. We want to share some of these features with people. I can't wait until there's tenants in there and, and people can see it.
0: Tell us about the, the the building from the 1970s that's kind of catty corner uh, to it. It's kind of a yellow brick, what, four-story tall?
1: Yeah, so the executive building is five stories. Uh, it's roughly 150,000 square feet. Um, and the appeal to this building is that it actually is completely different. Um, it's much more modern. It has a wide-open floor plan. Um, and I like the fact that because it's more modern, we've got larger elevators and things like that. But it, it offers uh, a completely different experience from the people's But building. this
0: is another building that you stepped in that had been badly taken care of over the years, had had some, some maybe questionable, we'll say, real estate activities that had happened there uh, over the previous 20 years or so. And by the time you got it, the, the building was roped off and condemned.
1: That's right. So... When we took over, um, there were some veneer challenges there, and I think most meaning people- the bricks
0: that hang on the outside.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the what what had happened was, um, you know, the, the building has always been occupied, and even when it was condemned, tenants were unfortunately they were forced to leave. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the building itself, everybody is of the opinion that it was going to be torn down. We heard that all the time. People thought while we were working that like we were the demo. You were the demo crew. crew. Yeah, we were going to finish it off. Um, and it was frustrating to explain to every third person walking by that no, it's going to be fixed.
0: When you, when you say veneer, when most of us, we think about a brick building, you know, maybe we build a barbecue in our backyard or we've built a a wall or a terrace or something. And the bricks, you know, you stack the bricks on each other and that's what holds up your barbecue or that's what holds up your, your chimney or whatever. Sure. But on on a building like this, the bricks are basically decoration. They're siding. That's right? exactly what they are. Okay. Yeah. So,
1: so as a veneer, it's just protection. It's not actually structural. Okay. Um, and that was the confusion was that when some of these bricks started to fall away, people assumed that there were some major structural issues. And that just wasn't
0: the case. But it's a steel building underneath.
1: That's right. Okay. So the entire building um, has kind of a steel exoskeleton. Um, it's all steel columns the the whole way up. Um, and that's very common in kind of 70s construction. Um, and, and again, just to be clear, the, the building is open span. So we have floors in that building that are small corridor offices. You can see from
0: one side to the other on some of those floors. Absolutely. Yeah. Some are
1: wide open, yeah. um, like loft style space. Um, so the repairs that we did there, um, basically what we did is we took the bricks down first that were surrounding the columns because this was limited. This, this damaged area was limited only to the columns. Um, and the way that they had designed it, um, because of expansion and contraction, the bricks would crack around the columns, and then over time, if they weren't repaired, they would, they would fall away. Um, so when we did the repair, uh, we realized that there were several other repairs to the building as well that had been made over the years, and they were starting to fail in the exact same way sure. that they had failed the first time. Yeah, so the, again, the idea was that we would never have to do this type of repair again, and we also uh, – we just wanted to make sure that aesthetically, it looked nice, and it also kind of gave us a new look for the building, um, which – is important, right? Because if you drive by, we want it to look completely different.
0: T- tell us about the movie theater you have in the basement. <laughs>
1: so I guess. It's,
0: it's, it's how, this is how rumors start, by the way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll, we'll keep those rumors going. Yeah. Um, so it, I guess it was called Quad City Cinema. Uh-huh. And as we repaired the sign on the front of the building, um, which, by the way, is like over 50 feet long and over four foot tall, it's this massive sign um, that the previous contractor that was taking columns um, smashed. Down, oh, he destroyed it. Yeah. So we had to rebuild this sign. And we found under all this stuff, yeah. there was in fact a Quad City Cinema sign that was still there.
0: I remember um, seeing a movie there, maybe in elementary school. I think that, I think it closed maybe 1981, 1982. Did you wear but, boots? Yeah. Well, the 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 rumor always was that the the basement, the the movie theaters were in the basement, and that they would flood out. And is that rumor act? Is that rumor true? Uh,
1: I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> What I'll say is, uh, if there was an engineer or an architect that decided that they should put movie theaters 22 feet below grade near two rivers. Near,
0: near, in a, in a town that's in a floodplain, yeah. That is
1: correct. Uh-huh. I would tell that architect or engineer that that was a bad plan. Um, sadly, I was not alive at that time yeah. to make that suggestion. Um but no, I think what what you run into down there is there is just a ton of, a ton of I'm gonna say this term wrong, I believe it's hydrostatic yeah, pressure. pressure. Yeah. Um all that water pressure, it has to go somewhere. And so it, it percolates up through through the floors, it can yeah. come through the walls. Um so what we've done down there is uh we have dried it out, um it has stayed dry, but it requires kind of perpetual dehumidification. Um, we do have sections where we've had to add, you know, pumps and things like that. To where, water was
0: there anything left of, of the movie theaters that had closed 35 years ago, 40 years ago?
1: Not really. Um, seats, the, nothing? No seats. No. Uh, curtains are down. Um, you know, we still have a projector room. Um, we do have, uh, you know, you can see kind of where the ventilation and things were down yeah. there, the separate theaters and the theater doors are still there. Yeah. Um, but a majority of the actual contents are all gone. We do have some old vending machines.
0: If, oh, they're if you're f- looking for old
1: vending machines. Yeah,
0: I was sure. Sure. You're collecting old buildings. I'm collecting old vending machines. <laughs> what did COVID, we have another break coming up here in about uh, a minute, but what did COVID do to your plans for these buildings besides wrecking the supply chain for a while?
1: Um, well, so and it's a it's a great question. So the executive building specifically, I had under agreement right as COVID started. And for, for
0: you mean for a tenant?
1: No, to to purchase. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And so there was a lot of people that kind of knew that deal was coming. saying, "Geez, do you really want to do this?" Because yeah. the the face of office space has changed forever. Um, and at that time, nobody knew what the backside of it would look like. And if you look at places even now, like Pittsburgh. Um, There's still a huge lot of vacancies
0: in Class A and Class B buildings in the downtown Pittsburgh area.
1: Absolutely. So you had to think about, um, you know, what what are you going? What's the purpose for these buildings going to be? What are you going to do with them? Who is going to rent them? Um, But I've always felt like we're in a great location. I know that maybe not everybody agrees with me, Mm -hmm. but um, I think if you go out to Greensburg or you go to Pittsburgh, really, this is the only space you can find this type of office space available. High
0: density Um, office space. Right.
1: There's really nothing like this around. So. The hope or the assumption was that um, we have the space available, and because I've purchased the buildings at a price that makes sense, um, maybe we could office offer office space at a price that would be very attractive to certain types of tenants, and that has absolutely been the case.
0: Well, let's let's pause right there, and we come back. Let's talk about um, what your visions are for some of the tenants. I know the executive building has the first floor. Uh, a lot of tenants have leased the first floor out. Let's let's talk about the uh, upstairs floors and, and what your vision is for that. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Jonathan Stark is a real estate investor in downtown McKeesport. You can find the Facebook page for the People's Bank Building at People's Bank Building, and you can find his number uh, plastered all over the front of the building uh, if you need to get in touch with him. From the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation at downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers, 30 Minutes, and we'll be back to wrap things up. We're Mon Valley Proud, Tube City Online Radio. So, you've got tenants in the executive building. You've got storefront tenants. I think all, oh, are all the storefronts rented now or no?
1: We just had our first vacancy um, that we've had in more than a year. Um, But yes, all the other spaces are leased out. So over 25,000 square feet of retail is all leased. Okay.
0: And what is the attractive – You know, because you alluded to it and I know the mayor of McKeesport talks about it a lot of times that there is this perception problem. I mean our studio here is across the street from one of your buildings Um, and and I get DJs sometimes who say, well, I don't want to come down there. And I'm thinking, well, I'm down here almost every day and no one bothers me and there's people in the – in and out of the building. And um, w- w- how are you fighting that perception that this is not a place that business wants to be when clearly you have 25,000 square feet of office space that's rented out right now or storefront space that's rented out?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the way we change that perception is just to get people here. Um, so some of the types of tenants that we've looked for, we wanted to make sure that they were a destination. And we've also tried to make sure that each tenant is kind of complementary to one another. And um, and that their businesses don't overlap. We, we want to make sure that if you're in town getting a haircut, that you can run next door and get a smoothie while you're there. Mm-hmm. And everybody benefits from that. Um, so again, the first thing we wanted to do is have some type of a neighborhood business that people would always want to come down to. The barbershop was really obvious. Yep. Um, Sin City Cuts is down there. She does a great job, has a Awesome-looking barbershop.
0: So you've got a, a, a women's hair salon and a men's barbershop.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and they're both doing well and are very successful. Um, and both have just gorgeous locations. Like, I'm really impressed with what they did. Um, we wanted to make sure we helped everybody. So anybody that comes in down there, uh, we want to control what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So we've done the the basic things to get the space ready for them, provided some new flooring, paint, and some LED lighting. Mm-hmm. And what that gives you is a very bright, clean, new box um, to start with. And the the fear was that if we didn't control that process, you know, one store might look really, really yeah. good and one might be a little dingy and dark. Um, by us doing that, that startup part, we're making sure that everybody looks very uniform, clean, bright and new.
0: If someone rides through the town, though, and, and a lot of the vacant buildings have been torn down recently. But if someone rides through the town and they see vacant storefronts, they say, well, there's all these vacant storefronts. Why does this guy think his storefronts are going to rent when there's all these vacancies?
1: Well and that's so again, this is frustrating I, I have to explain this a lot to people, and they don't they don 't understand it. Why did um, you know going down to Monongahela, all those storefronts are full, and Sports empty Well, it just must be something wrong with McKeesport. I think the reality is a little bit more complex than that. I think the reality is you know this was a major hub. everything down here was a huge department store, you know hundreds of thousands yeah. of square feet we don 't have these little mom and pop type stores down here there 's no buildings like that. So the challenges are completely different. You know, to find somebody uh, a, a private business that wants to remodel a two thousand square foot space down in Monongahela, it's easier to find that person yeah. than the the person up here that's going to remodel a one hundred and fifty thousand square foot office building
0: for Which is tenants. That, is that what the executive building is that's about? One hundred fifty yeah. and ninety thousand at the people's building. Then.
1: Right. So so the challenge is, I think there is a desire for people to be down here, but there's no spaces available um, without substantial, you know, cost or
0: the 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 phrase that that first became popular during the uh recovery from the recession uh in the 2008 2009 was shovel ready. Absolutely. And I guess something else you hear is turnkey. Oh, this yes. is this is this is turnkey, it's ready to occupy. And so a lot of the places that are vacant are not turnkey. They're not ready to they're not ready for occupancy.
1: They would require hundreds of thousands of dollars in renovation and there's just nobody willing to you know, pay for that type of renovation or take that type of risk. Well, why
0: are you willing to do that then?
1: Well, so I, I have for myself, it's a proven model. Um, we worked down Market Street and I purchased some buildings on market. And what I found was every time we remodeled a building, it was very easy to find somebody to lease it.
0: If so, it was clean, if, if it, it was, had new lighting, if it had a HVAC.
1: Yeah. Some basic renovation. Um, I think non leaky roof. Were, yeah. Simple things. Um, but I think a lot of people don't have vision. So when you walk into a space and it's dark and it's dirty and it's dingy, you just say, you know what? This requires too much work. I'm not interested. But if you give them that you know, bright, clean space, uh, the attitude is completely different. And for us at, at these buildings, the one thing that's been fun to do is, yeah, some of the spaces look bad when they yeah. the, the ultimate tenant ends up in there. But they walk next door and they see what we've done with the other spaces, and that gives them a little bit of vision on what we're capable of doing.
0: So what, in the final few minutes we have, you know, you've got the storefronts rented out in the executive building. What kind of office tenants are you hoping for? Are you hoping for the person who's you know, uh, maybe a lawyer or an accountant or an artist or something and just needs a, a small workspace? Or are you hoping that somebody can rent an entire floor?
1: So I, I'm going to back up. I'm not going to yeah. let you do that to me, okay. Jason. I want to I want to brag about
0: the tenants that we have. Yeah, quickly. Okay, yeah, please. So
1: what we have in the building now um is a lot of local entrepreneurs.
0: These are these are people from the community.
1: That's right. This mm-hmm. is not T-Mobile and a guy from New York. These yeah. are local people, and I'm really excited about that. And, and these are mostly women.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that.
1: And minority. Yeah. Um, didn't plan this, but yeah. I'm very pleased um that this is a representation of our community. Um, and that these people are business owners now in our community. Um, I think that for McKeesport to come back, you need entrepreneurs from your community to kind of lead the charge. And I'm excited about that. I would that.
0: think they understand the market better than anybody else.
1: And that's why they quickly jumped in okay. and have the same vision that I do. Um, now, as far as the office space, uh, we are the hub of the Mon Valley. All the transportation, you know, all the main thoroughfares, they come right through McKeesport. We were, always were the hub of the Mon Valley. I think we should be uh, moving forward as well. So I've always felt like there will be uh, government here. Um, We've had a lot of interest from government tenants. Um, We're working through some negotiations right now. And, yes, these are the types of tenants that want entire floors or a majority of a floor. Um, I think when we're finally allowed to announce some of those people, there's going to be a lot of eyebrows that get raised because it changes the dynamic of what we're doing down here. There potentially could be hundreds of people working down here, and if those people are working down here, they're going to consume services down here as well. They're going to get a you know cup of coffee. They're going to get a sandwich. Um, I think them being here will drive additional development and additional new businesses.
0: I, I guess Braddock has had some success. And, of course, Braddock's been in the news a lot with the, the recent election. They've had some success with small nonprofits, with artists, with small businesses renting some of this upstairs office space. Do you envision a, a place for that in your buildings? Absolutely. Just
1: because we have lost style space. Yeah. Um, it's certainly trendy. Uh, we do need to attract young people here. And ultimately, those people you would hope will bring their families here as well. Um, you know, moving forward, we have all this uh, demolition that just came down yeah. on Fifth Avenue. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that's beachfront property. Yeah. Um, you have all that traffic on Lyle Boulevard. I think it's certainly in excess of 20,000, maybe 30,000 mm-hmm. cars a day. That means there will be some serious new development down here. There's just no question about it. It's a question of what will it be? And uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that the city has a really good plan for the types of development that could go in down there. Because if it's complementary to this office space, um, it could completely transform the downtown district.
0: Well, and you're close to the bike trail. You're close to the to the Sport Transportation Center. Um, it, it would seem to be poised for that, wouldn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the, the hope is that we can undo some of the the mistakes that were made with Midtown. Um, and you know, again, that was a, a redevelopment that was done that, in retrospect. I think everybody would have wanted to do differently. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is like a new opportunity, and uh, it's it's a great one to have. I mean, it, it will forever change what the downtown district will
0: look like. Uh, give give the people the, your phone number that's on the front of the building anyway. Sure. So if you drive by
1: or if you don't drive by, uh, my cell phone number seven two four six four zero forty seven fifty five 724-640-4755. Um, You know, if I don't answer, just leave a message. But, yeah, we we talk to people every day about different ideas and things that they they think we should do with the buildings.
0: Uh, You can also find uh, pictures of the buildings on Facebook at People's Bank Building. Jonathan Stark has been our guest. Uh, You were our guest a couple of years back, and uh, maybe a couple of years from now we'll be talking about uh – uh completion of the project or 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 you're you're running out of space. Right, all the new development, that's what I want to talk about. All right, that sounds like a good plan to me. Thank you so much for, for uh, coming in to talk with us this morning. Thanks Jason. So long for now. <laughs>